Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fearfully and Wonderfully Me. Today's podcast episode is on the second element of personal growth and transformation. Um, You know, we spent the last three episodes talking about the different components um, of the first element, which was, you know, self-belief, right? Believing in ourselves that we could control and change something, even if that is only ourself and our mindset, knowing that we can grow beyond uh, trauma and adversity, and realizing that... um, we are responsible for for ourselves, right? And, and owning, taking ownership of that, our choices, our mindset. So I'd like to move on to the second element. And I think this is where a lot of women struggle. Someone I was getting, I was um, on an, a podcast, somebody else's podcast, being interviewed for someone else's podcast this morning. And the question from the host came out that, you know, what, what drove my passion for specifically helping women? And, you know, I really come back to maybe women and men both equally experience this, but just from the, my experience and the, the, you know, the thousands of women that I've talked to and, and that I've reached all over the world um, that I've heard from, that I've spoken to, that I've gotten emails and messages from um, after they read a book of mine or, or, or watch my TEDx talk, is, is predominantly seems to be, and just in my experience, that women struggle with this issue. And I know that I did. And what I'm talking about here is the concept of self-worth, right? And I'm going to break that down into three parts, just like we did the last element. But, um, and I don't know, I, I think, or what I believe is that um, it's like Carol Dweck, talks about in her book mindset and if you haven't read that that's a great book I'm actually rereading it and when we talk about women inherently taking something that's happened to them or something that someone said to them or whatever it might be we as women oftentimes we allow that to dampen our sense of self-worth and we use it to almost beat ourselves up Right, and I know I'm not alone in this because I hear I hear your struggles, and I hear from um, people who are going through the same thing. And it's interesting. Carol Dweck pointed out in the book um, that perhaps the reason um, she wasn't specifically talking about self worth, she was talking about a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. But I can so easily apply this to the concept of self-worth for women. She noted in her book that as little boys grow up, number one, you know, if you've had children, you know that sometimes boys just tend to get into a little more trouble than than girls. You know, they're just a little more mischievous. They're a little more curious, a little more daring, perhaps. And so we almost find ourselves having to having to correct them, having to scold them, um, having to discipline them. And there's, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. And certainly not all kids are bad. Not all boys are bad. I don't mean that at all. But, but by nature, boys tend to be just a little more, um, maybe aggressive or assertive is even the right way to say it, right? They're just a, they're just a little more by nature, willing to push the boundaries and see what they can get away with. And so what a lot of times happens is that parents, teachers, coaches, a lot of times they're having to just discipline them or correct them or speak to them um, in a way that corrects them. And so what happens, Carol Dweck points out, is that boys kind of grow up brushing off criticism, 
right? It's just they they get so much of it as they grow up that a lot of times they learn that as they you know mature into adulthood that criticism is just something they're used to and they they don't adopt it as a mindset or as a sense of I. I am something wrong because I did something wrong, right? They're they're used to getting um, constructive feedback or critical feedback, and so they tend to just, you know, again by nature, just say, "Oh, well, that's someone else's opinion," or you know, they they tend to just grow um, into that sense of self confidence by realizing that, hey, sometimes people say things or do things I don't like, um, I can brush it off or not. Whereas little girls are typically praised a little bit more as they grow up in our in our culture and our society and and there again she was simply pointing out that um, a lot of times that as as those little girls grow up they're not used to getting as much um, criticism or just negative feedback or correction and so as they get into teenagers and young women when they do receive it they take it so much more to heart because they haven't received as much of it right and so they've they've grown up in a mindset of wow people are always praising me or rewarding me or telling me that I'm a pretty little girl or, you know whatever and so when someone does say something negative well-meaning or well-intentioned or not little girls tend to adopt that as well what's wrong with me if someone's giving me feedback about performance or behavior or something like that and it was an interesting concept because i see that so many women struggle with the sense of self-worth i know i did right and you know the first component of self-worth that i want to talk about is i am a miracle and i know i didn't believe for a long time that i'm a miracle Uh, Marian Williamson said the perfect you isn't something that you need to create because God already created it but I can tell you I didn't believe that like in my deep down heart where those those places that we don't like to talk about a lot of times I didn't believe that I was a miracle I believe I believed uh, past tense that there was something wrong with me or bad about me right and it wasn't even something I could have spoken to or or told you or shared with you I just I just had this sense of shame that I was there was something wrong with me because what kind of what kind of daughter isn't isn't cared for by her mother that she'll stand up for her right and that, and that was me you know growing up in an abusive situation my father used me and abused me for his sexual gratification and my mother blamed me for it when she found out about it and i kind of based my sense of self-worth on the fact that my parents didn't really love me because if they did they would have done things different right and that's a belief that gets into your head and I, i know i'm not alone in that but maybe it wasn't your parents but we as women tend to listen so much more or take so much more to heart things that happen or people's words and you know again whether they're well-meaning or or not um and you know it's almost like can you can we imagine what it's like to be judged by your inner critic for something that that isn't your fault or that you didn't get to control right And so if we're not secure in our sense of self-worth, we don't have an appropriate, I'm going to call it a frame, right? Our perspective of the world or our paradigm, I know that's a big word, but paradigm means our perspective of the world, our view of the world. It's kind of like our personal map 
of what the world looks like and how the world works. And our map is heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by things that happen to us as we grow up and as we go through life. And if we don't have a very good map or an accurate map, it's really hard to navigate the challenges of life. Um, and so I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Um, just because of um, what happened to me and, and growing up in an abusive situation, it took me a long time to realize I actually like people. And, I, you know, I wasn't an introvert. I just really did not know how to connect with people, how to talk to people. Um, you know, I'd grown up very isolated. We were homeschooled. We didn't go to church. Um, and, you know, living in the middle of nowhere with not a lot of, of social co uh, contact. And so I just didn't develop really strong social skills in, in early life. And that certainly held me back um, personally and professionally, even after I left, because, you know, I started waiting tables and I realized I just, I didn't know how to interact with people or, or joke around with customers or, you know, I just didn't have that social skill. And, and, I, and I've improved and I've come a long way and, and certainly now I talk to people for a living, but, but it took me a while to figure out that I wasn't introverted or, or I didn't dislike people. I just didn't know how to connect to them. Now, later on, you know, in my career, as I progressed through my career and started um, getting, you know, going to school and then graduating from school, and I started teaching group fitness in 2008. And because I didn't have like a strong sense of self-worth, I didn't have the frame of how the world works that was based on accurate um, perception of my social ability, I tended to almost, you know, even as a group fitness instructor, I, you know, I would walk into the gym and I almost would just put off this vibe of just don't come talk to me. And I didn't intend for it to come across that way but it's it's almost that sense of lacking of confidence in my social skills and so if I if someone came up to talk to me I always had this anxiety that maybe I wouldn't know how to respond or I wouldn't say the right thing or I wouldn't get the joke they were sharing or or, or whatever and so I just kind of adopted that mindset of uh, oh if 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 I don't engage with people and talk to people and I don't initiate that contact, I can minimize those interactions where I might make a mistake, right? I might make a social, uh, a social mistake. And so it wasn't that I, you know, didn't like these interactions. I just, I, I just didn't have a lot of confidence in my ability to navigate them successfully. And so my perspective or my frame of myself and relative to how the world works was I was very much at risk for making a mistake um, when I interacted with people. And because that was my frame and my mindset, I behaved that way, right? I, I just adopted that mindset. And so my actions um, with that mindset reflected it, right? Um, I provided, I think it's Mac who says, provided the evidence to support the belief. I believed that about myself and so I provided the evidence um, to support it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We all are influenced and our paradigm is influenced by who we are. Um, someone, and I can't remember who says it, uh, I can't remember who says it, but someone says, we see the world as we are 
not as it is. Because I can guarantee you now, years and years later, I've learned much better how to interact with people um, just to have those social connections and, and how to have those conversations. And I see now that my frame of myself and how the world works has changed. My map has gotten better, right? Maybe it's in high definition now compared to what it was. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not beating myself up, up about it. But when I realized that, it was incredible how that changed my behavior as a group fitness instructor. You know, now I was going up to the new person who would come into the gym and introducing myself and doing what I could to make them feel more comfortable, um, helping them set up, you know, just asking them some questions about themselves. So as I changed my frame, it made a huge difference on my behavior. And see, when we lack that inherent sense of self-worth, we have the frame or the perception that somewhere down deep, we're the ones that are a mistake, right? That's what shame is, is feeling like I'm a mistake. There's something wrong with me. But I'm here to tell you, you are perfectly created. You are uniquely gifted. You are a miracle. I love to use the analogy of, you know, when babies are born, we don't have any problem believing that they're a miracle, right? I mean, it is just truly, it truly is a miraculous thing. This little human being is born and we know they're a miracle. We talk about it, you know, being a miracle. And this little creature, you know, in just a few months starts interacting with the world. They start pulling up, they start walking, they start trying to mimic, um, other people around them they start talking they start running and then they grow into you know of course it takes a few years but that's a miracle in and of itself right and so we we don't have any problem with that concept babies are born and we call them a miracle but here's the thing you don't go from miracle to mistake as you get older right you still are that same miraculous creation that God created. And you've got to just own that. And now it doesn't mean that you're perfect. You are perfectly imperfect, just like me, just like every one of us. We are human. We are going to make mistakes. It's just, it's just reality of, of being human, right? We're not perfect, but, but we are still miraculous and created in the image of God. And when you have that frame, you start to change what I would call the stewardship of yourself, right? Because for example, I am firmly committed to taking care of my health. I'm not perfect at it. Um, there was a bowl of vanilla ice cream uh, last Sunday after my run. And it was, boy, let me tell you, it was a good bowl of ice cream too. It had chocolate syrup on it. And, and you know that's okay it just I'm not perfect at it I share that with you to just say hey nobody's perfect but you know I do try to make really good conscious health decisions the majority of the time because I believe I'm stewarding this body right I only have one of, of them and God gave me this one so when I have the frame that I'm a miracle and God created me and he put me in this body at this time to do whatever it is that he's got me on a mission to do. So I better take care of my health because my health is critical in enabling me to continue to do what I 
do. And, and for years and years, I want to be able to do that. Um, I've got to make good health choices and exercise. So I have the energy to go speak and travel and um, write books and things like that. And so just an example of how when we have the mindset that we are a, a miraculous being, we start to make a little more mindful choices around our stewardship, stewardship of our health, stewardship of our time, stewardship of our uh, finances and resources, right? Stewardship of our gifts and our talents and abilities. Because when we have that sense of self-worth, then we start to to set appropriate boundaries. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in some of the, the later elements. Um, but your self-worth should be based on the recognition you have inherent value as, as a human being created purposefully by God. Now you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes, but be willing to extend yourself some grace when you mess up, and don't don't let those mistakes um, interfere with your mindset. Right? Don't adopt any mistakes and say I am the mistake. No, the difference is I make a mistake, but I'm not the mistake in itself. In itself. So I wanted to ask you, doing something just a little different in this episode, I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a couple of the self-reflection questions. And these come directly from the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me workbook that I wrote. It's kind of the companion guide. Um, The book in and of itself stands alone um, and there are some worksheets in it. But I know that there are some of you who want a deeper dive or want to go a little um, faster on personal growth and transformation journey. So the workbook just complements the book and has, you know, just like it sounds, it has some worksheets in it and some self-reflection journaling questions. You also could use these questions in a group discussion. Um, that would that would work too. So I wanted to just share some of these with you, especially with this chapter, because I think it's powerful to reflect on these questions as we, you know, as we grow and develop ourselves, a lot of that growth comes from intentional reflection. Now, if you're driving, that's a great time to think about stuff like this. Uh, For me, I love to do it when I'm running, usually the first couple of miles when I'm, um, you know, just getting into it and it's a good time to think. Um, Or maybe mornings, early mornings for me are a great time to think as well when everything is quiet. But anyway, here, so here are a couple of questions if you are driving, this is a great time to reflect on them, but but don't try to write them down, please. Stop the podcast and, and come back to them um, later. So I just wanted to ask you to think to yourself and maybe even get out a sheet of paper and write these down and then reflect on the answers. Ask yourself um, and keep, this, keep in mind your frame um, as you answer these questions. So number one, what does my picture frame look like? Is it constructed by happy thoughts or sad thoughts or angry, bitter thoughts maybe? Or some other kind of thoughts? What thoughts do I have that make up this frame of how I see the world and myself? And then number two, when did I create this frame of myself? Maybe something's happened to you in the past that has helped you create this frame and and maybe that's not serving you well, I don't know. So number three, is this the frame that I want to keep? Number four, what will happen if I change the frame of myself to a more positive one? And then number five, what negative things do I tell myself? 
And oh, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. Number six, write down the opposite of those negative things as positive affirmations. And if you need some help with this, you can go to my website, just download some free, um, they're nothing very elaborate, just some free affirmations. Um, you can go to riastory.com forward slash affirmations and just download those. And you know, the thing about it is we are the most important person that we will ever talk to or listen to, right? Because you can kind of tune out the other people around you when they talk. And if they say negative things, you can, you know, renegotiate that relationship or tune them out or, or, or just spend less time with them, perhaps. But when you are your worst negative source of energy, you can't get away from that. If you're telling yourself negative things, you don't have any filter that says, I'm not going to believe them unless you put something in place that says, no, I'm not going to listen to those negative thoughts. And, you know, there again, I think women are just a little more sensitive to this and it is what it is. But we tend to, and I've shared this with you before, you know, we tend to look in the mirror and we tend to see our flaws first. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with humility, That's, but there is a difference between humility and beating ourselves up, right? Humble isn't, isn't thinking of ourselves; it's thinking of ourselves less. And so it's, but humility is appropriate. Humility is grounded in reality, right? And so hu humility isn't looking in the mirror and saying, boy, I'm, t I'm terrible at this, or I'm, you know, I'm this, or I'm that, or just beating ourselves up. Um, I don't have the hair that I want. You know, I don't have the eye color that I want, or I'm too short, or I'm too tall, or, you know, because a lot of times we do that, especially around our physical bodies, I think we have so much negative self-talk around that and sometimes it's been influenced or adopted from something that someone said maybe even years and years ago but we carry that around with us and we just let it de define us and determine us and it's 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 a shame is what it is because it limits us you know my whole example of I, I didn't think I was a good runner for so many years because of of you know, adopting a limiting belief that that wasn't me. And then I realize now that I've been able to overcome that. Now it's taken work. It hasn't come, um, it hasn't come easy by any means, but we can do it. And so I'd like to just challenge you, you know, there again, what are the negative things that you tell yourself? Maybe it's, um, I'm not a good communicator. Um, maybe it's, uh, I have I have a short temper and so I would never be good at working with kids right or maybe it's I'm a bad cook uh, you know maybe that's not your natural area of gifting but I guarantee you you can get better at it now it's gonna take some time and energy if you don't cook at all and you want to learn to cook um, it's gonna take you some time and energy to do that but just examine those negative things that you have and that you tell yourself and just write down the opposite of them. Now, if you are a terrible cook or you feel like you're a terrible cook and the opposite of that would be, I'm an amazing cook. Don't write that down, right? Examine your negative thoughts or negative self-talk and, and turn them into something positive. So for example, if you have a negative self thought or talk around, I I'm a terrible cook, the opposite of that or the positive affirmation that I might create from that would be, 
um, let me think of a great way to say it. I would think that I would say, you know what, I'm going to, instead of saying I'm a terrible cook or, or a bad cook, I might say, you know what, I can learn how to cook one thing better, right? Or maybe I could say I'm willing to learn how to take on this new skill. Or I could say, you know, there's, there's, I'm just throwing out some examples of positive affirmations that you could take from that. So when I say write down the opposite, I don't mean literally write down the opposite if you don't feel like it's true, because you won't believe it. But turn that positive inf- into affirmation of something that you can do instead. So maybe it's, I'm not a great cook, I always burn fried chicken, but I can bake banana bread really well right so search out and search out a positive affirmation in response to that negative Um, and it's powerful when we do that I mean it takes a little bit of time and and sometimes we don't really want to write down those negative things about ourselves Um, and oh scary that we would think somebody might find that so you know record it in your journal if you want to don't write it down if you don't feel like you're comfortable with that but it's a powerful exercise when we reflect on these things go through those questions I've given you and uh, there again if you're looking for a a resource for some affirmations there's tons and tons of them out there or you can find some on the website riastory.com forward slash affirmations until next time start increasing your influence and maximizing your potential with ria's audiobooks available at audible.com amazon.com and ibooks Please visit RiaStory.com to learn about Ria's books, resources, speaking, and training programs. Thanks for listening.